This is round two actually because I didn't like the thing I just recorded and uh, I'm redoing it and now I've got what sounds like a concrete mixer going on in the background which is marvellous and it's just been one of those days really. Uh, the, the weather's all over the place and I've got an earwax build starting in my ear uh, but uh, let's give this a go. So welcome to episode 138 of Mr. Burt Pods. So it's been uh, quite an exciting week. I thought I hadn't done very much this week, but actually I've done quite a lot this week. Um, and there's quite a lot to talk about. So I'm going to get a move on. Uh, starting with this morning, because I got up to do my yoga with Adrienne and I switched the television on and um, put it on YouTube and it said live uh, session with her going on live. So I thought, oh, well, that's nice. I'll do it along with her. And there was only about 32 people watching, so I thought that was a bit sad. Um, but there was this sort of countdown time clock thing in the right-hand corner, uh, which uh, was counted down from about 13 minutes. So I thought, well, that's a bit short. Anyway, uh, we did lots of bits and pieces. And then at the end of the 13 minutes, just as I was in some uh, excruciating pose, uh, it just stopped and changed to something completely different with Adrienne in a different studio wearing different clothes uh, and starting a completely different class. So that just summed up the beginning of my morning because I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Uh, and then I went out and that was just terrible because it started raining and uh, that van could have just driven a bit faster. I mean, just because it's got a flashing orange light, it doesn't mean to say it's going to an emergency. It's just a white van. Um... So, yeah, so I started running and it started raining and uh, I didn't know what to do because I decided not to go through the woods, which I would have been sheltered because uh, it's very blowy. It's been very blow today. It was really windy yesterday and uh, I'm just a bit conscious of tree branches falling on my head. So I decided not to go around the wood. Uh, so that meant running around Ali Pali, which there's very little shelter. So I got wet and then I didn't know what to do because if I put my phone in my pocket to keep that dry, um, I'm just say... I don't, I'm sure you can hear that. I think it's the extension. Um, uh, if I put my phone in the pocket, I lose the GPS. And if I keep running in the rain, my nose gets wet and then my glasses start sliding down my nose and then I can't see where I'm going. And it's just all very difficult. So uh, it did eventually... Well, no, it didn't eventually stop. Actually, it stopped quite quickly, so it was fine. I kept going and I ran very fast, actually, for some bizarre reason. I was uh, full of energy today. It's not flaming van going past at speed. Um, I mean, honestly, it's like Brands Hatch up and down this road some mornings, afternoons. Um, so I ran very fast and I did it under just under 30 seconds. Uh, that's absolute rubbish. I did not run. <laughs> I did not run five kilometres in 30 seconds, 30 minutes. Uh, although I did have to stop at one point and get my breath because I ran up a steep hill too fast. Uh, but that was all right, and I'm very pleased with myself actually. Uh, let's see what comment Darren made. Um, because he's always fluttering around the edges of Strava, making comments uh, whenever I do a run. On it's usually on the shape of my run and what it looks like, uh, which is usually he says it looks like a bunny rabbit. I don't know what he's talking about. So um, yeah, so that was all right. So I came home and a bit of a tis was, uh, and then I've calmed down now. Except for the, oh, there's the van zooming back the other way. 
you think there was an emergency? Uh, other than the fact that I've now got a concrete mixer going. <clears throat> I don't think it is a concrete mixer, but it certainly sounds like one. So anyway, then, um, so yes, that was the beginning of my day. Uh, not good. Uh, and then I'm just looking back over the week. So last Tuesday, so we did the piano, obviously last Monday, and uh, didn't get to the bottom of the shouting in the street. Um, I'd got into a tiz because uh, our back wall in our garden looks, well, I convinced myself it's got uh, rising damp, which it hasn't, as it turns out. So uh, someone was coming around, to, a surveyor was coming around to look at that. Uh, and I was in a fizzwiz about it because um, he was organising it by text, I don't, by email rather. Why people just cannot pick a phone up and sort something out within 30 seconds instead of three days of, of emails bouncing backwards and forwards. Um, because obviously it's difficult to arrange times, which is convenient for everybody. Uh, and then he sent me a text on the day, finally. Uh, but I think he just worded it badly. I think what he was actually saying was just confirming everything's all right for me to come around this morning. But the way he'd written it, it was like um, it was like we were starting all over again. Uh, and I just got really cross about that. But anyway, he came and it was very, very lovely. Uh, didn't say very much, uh, but didn't need to. Didn't blind me with any science and basically said it's salt deposits uh, on the bricks at the back uh, and uh, nothing to worry about. Uh, there is some condensation on the wall on the other side, which is inside our neighbour's flat, but that's unrelated. So um, I was very, very relieved. I can't tell you. I was actually surprised at how relieved I was because I'd completely convinced myself we'd got rising damp. Uh, and that was like a huge weight off my shoulders when he said that. So he's uh, sent a report and I'm just checking that over and that's all marvellous um uh so the next thing uh yeah i'm on to the next thing of uh flat problems uh, on my list which is one that's actually stumped me a bit i don't really know what i'm going to do about it but anyway so then that was that wednesday was two show day now wednesday uh, i have mentioned the dsm deputy stage manager before who is very lovely um Wednesday, for some reason, uh, they had a problem putting out the uh, call round the backstage for the half. It uh, started with, this is at uh, 5 to 2, started with good evening, uh, at which point they had to come off. You could hear the microphone being switched off, and obviously it was 30 seconds silence as they had to compose themselves. Uh, and then they came up again, and we started correctly with a good afternoon. Uh, I, I just find it very difficult to work with people who aren't professional, that's all I'm saying. Then some of the cast uh, did a bake sale, which involved cookies, banana bread and brownies. Um, I was told that the money was going towards charity. I have since found out it was going towards craft accessories to decorate the dressing room. Um, I went for the brownie and nearly lost a tooth. Uh, it was a little bit on the hard side. However, the banana bread apparently was marvellous. Uh, and I wish I'd got that now. Well, do I wish I'd got it? Because the DSM had the banana bread. And all I'm saying was we just had a very giddy show. Uh, there was lots of coughing, slight hysteria, banging of head into the microphone. I really don't know what was going on. But I'm keeping them away from banana Bread in future because uh, obviously uh, I have standards. 
and they were not reached during that performance. I'm just saying uh, the DSM is listening to this, uh, probably. Um, yes, so uh, they're just going to have to pull themselves together. Thursday was Thursday. can't remember what I did on Thursday. Oh, no, Thursday I got my short story finished and sent in uh, to the writing salon submission. So I was very pleased with that. Um, I had a lot of help on it from Sally Bailey, writer and teacher. Uh, I've got two plugs for her. Uh, uh, she's got a new book. It's the third of a loose trilogy of fictional, biographical, fictional, biographical fictions. Um, very difficult to categorise, nor should they be categorised. Um, the first one was called Girl with Dove. The second one was called, or is called, uh, No Boys Play Here. And the third one is out this week called The Green Lady. Uh, so I could highly recommend it, even though I haven't read it, because I know it'll be marvellous, because the other previous two are wonderful. Uh, if you haven't read Girl with Dove, I do uh, urge you to go out and buy it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's that. And also, uh, Sally does a podcast, which I think I managed to mention every week. A Reading Life, A Writing Life, or possibly A Writing Life, A Reading Life, uh, which she does from her home on a boat on a river. And uh, it's very beautiful. Usually makes me cry. Uh, the latest episode, which I haven't... Well, I started listening to it, but I haven't got very far with it because I'm a bit behind on the other episodes. Apparently, uh, there's some reference to me in it. Now, I did hear a lot of tea slurping going on at the beginning of the episode I listened to, so I don't know whether that's... Uh, pointed or not um but i will let you know how that goes when i properly listen to the episode and also putting their bins out at least it's been data got that. and then um yes so that's all that that's sally bailey and as sally herself would say that's b-a-y-l-e-y uh, and her podcast can be found on all good podcast platforms but i listen to it on spotify i think and then um, Friday went to the theatre to see when Winston went to war with the BBC at the Donmar Warehouse, which is uh, the second of two plays that the writer Jack Thorne has on in London at the moment. Um, Jack Thorne is one of my absolute favourite writers, and he wrote The Motive in the Queue, which I was raving about the other week. This was... A very, very interesting evening. Fantastic cast. Uh, actually knew uh, somebody in the cast and forgotten they were in it and then went through a French farce of trying to meet up with them afterwards and failed miserably. Um, uh, so that was a shame in my mind. So it's um, the story of John Reith, set in 1926, uh, and the general strike, which I know very little about. Uh, John Reith had just uh, joined the BBC. I think it, uh, the BBC was then... The British Broadcasting, what are they? Are they a corporation or a company? I think they were a company, uh, soon to become under him, the British Broadcasting Corporation. I'm not probably got that the wrong way around. Um, I always thought Reith was a bastion of marvellous values and stuff, which he was in some ways, but he, uh, I learned from the play he was a very, very complicated man. Uh, as all 
interesting people who achieve things, positive are complicated. And um, it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, he was caught between the government, Winston Churchill uh, didn't like what he was doing um, because of the general strike going on in the background. It's all quite complicated. Um, but it was a very, very thought-provoking play and it still, uh, it still stayed with me. I keep thinking about it because it was very, very grey. Um, it threw up very interesting, important questions uh, which are completely and utterly relevant to what's going on in our world today, even... Uh, in fact, even since it's gone on the stage, uh, there's stuff's come up that it's uh, relevant to. It's a really, really fascinating. And it just sort of shows history doesn't so much repeat itself. History just doesn't go away. The players and the situations, the details might be different, but um, it's the same song being sung. He says metaphorically. I can hear some talking going on. Can't see anyone. Um, so... Uh, Yes, highly recommended. Uh, it's got Hayden Gwynn and Adrian Scarborough and Stephen Campbell Moore as the sort of three main protagonists, uh, Reith, Winston Churchill and Stanley Baldwin. And um, yes, I actually, funnily enough, worked with Hayden Gwynn without realising it a million years ago when I did... Uh, a really bizarre musical at the Palladium called Ziegfeld, which was the story of Ziegfeld, who had Ziegfeld follies. Uh, and I can't remember very much about it, other than it was had a lot of set pieces of uh, spectacular scenery and costumes with Ziegfeld folly girls. And one scene I never got over was like a the side of a Swiss mountain with, I think they were, well, they weren't real cows. I seem to remember there were cows on it and a lot of milkmaids. And another scene, uh, which was a massive uh, revolve from the top, as opposed to a, um, a stage revolve, uh, of planets. Uh, and on each planet sat uh, a girl. And it revolved around. It was huge. And I... Uh, I, I, I it's almost unbearable to think about it. I was pushing the button, making... The whole thing revolve, which is just so unbelievably scary. I don't think I knew what I was doing, to be honest. I don't think safety measures are quite the same in those days as they are now. But I heard Hayden Gwynn talking on the radio, and she was one. Of, she was talking about uh, sitting on a planet, and so she was one of the girls on the planets. And I used to talk to one of them, and I drew a picture of her. Um, but I don't know if it was Hayden Gwynn or not. I'll have to hunt it out. So that was quite funny. I'm a big fan of Hayden Gwynn. Anyway, uh, what next? So that was Friday. Saturday, uh, the DSM was back causing trouble in my life uh, by asking me out for a drink after the show. They did actually ask a lot of people, but um, turned out it was only us in the end. I decided, I found out we've got access to the uh, Ivy Bar, the members bar, which I absolutely love. Um, so we ended up there. I was then able to try my second cocktail from the Starless Sea, the book I was raving about for the listeners who have been with me for a while. Uh, the first was Sidecar, which was the hero's main drink. But the second was Bee's Knees, which is linked to honey and bees, which are one of the things in the book. And um, the waiter who is always there when I go to the Ivy, which is very infrequently, it had to be said, 
he's really lovely. Didn't know what a bee's knees was, so I was very pleased. But the bartender obviously did because it appeared. Uh, and I had two of those. And a bee's knees is orange, gin and honey. It might have lemon in it as well, but I can't remember. It was very nice, that's all I'm saying. So I'm very happy with my sidecar. Uh, and I'm now very happy with bee's knees. Uh, so I had a very nice evening with the um, DSM who uh, was up for a second cocktail, bringing our bill up to £60 <laughs> for four drinks. And um, obviously that's why I frequent the IP all the time. Uh, and no, we had a very, very nice evening together. And then they tried to drag me off uh, to slum it at the Phoenix. Uh, now the Phoenix is a bar that is open late night and lots of theatre people go to. And honestly, if there was a scale of classiness, uh, and the Ivy is number 10. The Phoenix is probably number three. So uh, I wasn't very impressed with that, actually. They went down in my estimation quite a lot, and I went home. But I presume they had a good time. Uh, so that was nice. And then um, it's always a funny relationship with the DSM because you spend all your time uh, not seeing their face but just hearing their voice. Uh, and obviously we're concentrating on work and can't chat. Uh, oh, hello. And, um, oh gosh, you know, I've been at this for a long time because it went off at two o'clock when I was recording the first one of these. This one's going a lot better, it has to be said. Uh, so, yeah, so it was nice to have a face-to-face -face outing. And then I think that's it for the week. It's been quite an exciting week, actually. Uh, there's lots of talking going on outside and I can't see. The neighbours are leaving, which I'm very, very sad about. Uh, in fact, they might be listening to this. Um, they've been next door to us for probably about 13 odd years, 13 odd years, and are going to be much missed. They are leaving London, and who can blame them? Uh, and I'm quite sad. I'm very sad, actually, because uh, all our neighbours actually are very nice. Uh, we're very lucky around here. Um, it's just knowing that they're having such nice people around is uh, it's a big thing, and it's important. Uh, so I'm reading, oh, and then on Sunday, well, I'm reading Kate Atkinson's latest novel, uh, Shrines of Gaiety, which is set in the seedy underworld of nightclubs in Soho in 1926 again, coincidentally, same year as when Winston went to war with the BBC. And, um... I'll talk about it more and on, but I'm, and yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, and Kate Atkinson's just one of my favourite writers. But in, I noticed, and it's sort of, it's got a policeman in it. It's not a detective story, it's got a policeman in it. I noticed in her acknowledgements at the end, she mentioned the Bow Street Police Museum, which I'd never heard of. Um, so I tootled off to that yesterday, which was really interesting. It's in... Bow Street, opposite the Royal Opera House, has got a very large, ornate building, which used to be the police station, started at the police station, expanded into the Magistrates' Court as well. And then, please don't quote me on the date, I think it was in the 90s, it closed, and the police station moved over to Charing Cross, and uh, or it's now a hotel, and all that's left is this tiny museum in it. I did get around it in 45 minutes and I read everything, but really fascinating. Um, it's got one main room and then six of the original cells, 
that people were only well they, they were for men there were some women's upstairs um people were only held in it overnight and then they went up before the judge uh, because uh, this was the days before crown prosecution so uh, it was the policemen themselves who would uh, tell the judge what they'd taken the person in for what they'd been doing uh, so they only ever stayed in overnight and um really fascinating people uh, have been there uh, all of which i've forgotten oh no well there's pinochet General Pinochet and Crippen and um, oh, someone else that was really interesting because I can't remember and I didn't know they'd been through it. I think Oscar Wilde went through as well. Uh, yes, he did. So that was really interesting. I can really highly recommend it. it. As I say, it's very small. I think I'm going to join it as a member just to support it. And they do talks and they do... Uh, walks, guided walks as well, two of which look very interesting, so I'm going to put myself in on those. And I really like little museums in London who are all probably struggling, uh, and I really think it's important to support them. Uh, I do support the Foundling Museum, as a lot of you will know, and um, yeah, I think, I think uh, please, if you see any little museums, don't think the big things are the things to go and see in London. It's the little tiny gems that you will go to and you will learn so much and have such a good time. And I really learnt a lot of social history in this museum. So that was a very well spent Sunday afternoon. It's only open Friday to Sunday. Uh, and I think as of August, the woman said it's opening Thursday to Sunday. Um, I've got very nice T-shirts. So uh, television, I've started watching Annika, which started out in the much lamented and missed Radio 4 Woman's Hour, bang, bang, uh, Woman's Hour serial, which used to be on at quarter to 11 every morning, Monday to Friday, and which the BBC cut, and I haven't got over that. They've transferred it to BBC One, I think, as a dramatization and it's still got Nicola Walker in this main as the main character Annika. It's a police procedural set in the Marine Police in Scotland. Uh, it's very, very funny and very, very serious. It really walks a fantastic tightrope. Um, I loved it on the radio and I'm absolutely loving it on the television. Uh, so that's good. Um, but I'm still it's a lot of talking going on outside. I can't see it. It's, it's really annoying. Really annoying me. Um, that's that. Uh, still watching Mr. Queen. I think we're on episode 13 of 20. And finished Colin from Accounts. And I actually feel like just sitting and watching that all over again. Because I just loved it so much. I hope they'll do another series. That's on iPlayer. Um, it's an Australian comedy, for those of you who have not come across it, and is one of the most perfect comedies uh, I've seen. It's just brilliant. Um, and I think on that note, I've brought myself up to date. That was so much better than the first one I did, which was a mess. It was worth doing two recordings. That was so much better. Thank you for listening.